Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the PCS to Corporate America podcast. I got to tell you, this podcast has been in the making since February of 2022, because in February of 22, I received an email from Melissa Miles and Melody Lutz, and they were describing a book that was being produced, and they were looking for some supporters of the book. And uh, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves and the book. But as soon as I got the email, I conferred with my colleague Joel, and we had, if you guys recall, we had some good back and forths here internally about can we support the book, should we support the book, and. Uh, of course, we're doing the podcast, so we did, and now the book is in full publication, and and so I'm just super excited to finally see the first of what I hope will be a few, at least, podcasts with our guests and some other people associated with the book and with um, with the topic of the book, which again, I'm intentionally being vague because I want them to introduce it. Um, but anyway, I'm pleased to introduce to you and welcome Melissa Miles, Melody, and Roy Lutz who are going to introduce themselves and then talk a little bit about, uh, just introduce the book, you guys, and then uh, and then we'll get into some good dialogue and back and forth. And so um, I'll th- just to make it not awkward, Melissa, why don't you go first and then uh, and we'll go around the horn. Hey, Pete. Uh, so Melissa Miles, so glad that we connected with you and, and you guys have just been really supportive. So it's been a lot of fun since uh, that first email. Uh, I'm a 1986 alumnus of Cameron Brooks, and I was uh, there way back when uh, Roger and Renee were uh, very supportive of me through that that journey through Cameron Brooks. 1981 uh, class, uh, second class, I should say, of women at West Point. I co-captained the the West Point women's basketball team, and then later co-founded a nonprofit called Friends of Army Women's Basketball, and that's how we kind of started the the whole journey of of uh, writing a book. Not not I, not Melody, but we hired a hired a uh, a journalist and author to to write the book that we're going to talk about today. Wonderful, Melody, go for it. Yeah. Okay, so I am a 1984 graduate. Back in the day, I was Melody Smith, um, and then Roy and I are classmates and got married, so now I'm Melody Lutz. Um, as a uh, freshman um, in 1980, uh, Miss and Dana were co-captains and people that I looked uh, up to, still look up to them. Uh, they had the brainchild for capturing the history of our program, and they reached out to me about joining this effort and it was not a hard sell. I'm passionate about this program, passionate about this project, and I've been thrilled to be a part of um, this uh, Hoops and Heroes project. And thank you to Cameron Brooks for helping us. And um, I'll let Roy talk a little bit more about the Cameron Brooks um, exposure that we have. Yep. So, Pete, thank you for including me in this podcast uh, today. I'm Roy Lutz, I'm the 1984 graduate of West Point Melody's classmate. Um, I wanted to capture Melody before somebody else did, which is one of those things that uh, was, you know, with only several women at West Point at the time and 4,000 men, you know, it was hard to get, but I didn't want this one to get away for sure. 
Uh, but I've be, always been a supporter of uh, of Army women's basketball, especially when Melody was was there and playing uh, there, especially in junior and senior years at West Point. Uh, and if it weren't for Army women's basketball, we probably wouldn't be, be here today and together. And produced another couple Army officers, and you know that we have. They have a son that graduated also from West Point in 2011. And Cliff and I are both uh, along uh, Cameron Brooks uh, back in 1989 for me. Uh, and I uh, learned so much from Cameron Brooks, uh, the organization and, and the training that you gave me to prepare me for, uh, you know, a 33 and a half year career at, at, at Michelin Tire Corporation. So I thank you for all that and everything you've done for me. Really glad you Yeah, I'm really glad you're here as well. I w- I'm interested to hear your voice a little bit, Roy, on, you know, filling in from a different perspective. And I, I appreciate you being here. When you guys were introducing yourselves, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you were looking at my deal or not, but I'm beaming because it's so fun to. I want to tell the the audience this: when we first met, got the email, met up on the phone or maybe on a Zoom call or whatever it was. The book wasn't even written; we had seen nothing of a manuscript or anything at that point in the game. So, having read the book and now getting to listen to you two talk, you know. I, I said this before we hit the record button. I feel like I know you so much more now and our relationship really hasn't changed whatsoever. But uh, I just think that uh, the book is fun and interesting and important. Um, and what's interesting is you guys are in the beginning of the book, but it really chronicles so much of Army Women's Basketball from 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 the inception to now. And so um, there's so many other players and important figures along the way. Some of which, some of who, by the way, I know um, just because they played when I was there, and and um, and I was a pretty good friends with a couple of players. Um, Mandy Mills t- 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 comes to mind, and I don't know if you guys know Mandy or not, uh, but a couple other folks as well. But anyway, so um, so it's just real exciting to have you guys here. So let why don't we start with like the inception of the book? So there's a nonprofit. Was the was the nonprofit was the intention of the nonprofit to create a book to chronicle the 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 kind of inception and on through like just give us a little bit of an insight into how this all started for you guys. So, P, we kind of made it up as we were going along. Uh, so, so uh, I'm old. Melody's not quite as old, and 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 let's same class, but. Uh, we were going to reunions for, for like 40 years. And, and at these reunions, we meet new people, hear new stories, it, and you know what you know. But the, the really cool thing was that, that we always learn more at reunions about really um, significant, uh, interesting women who, who've made a difference in the world. And, and um, the co-captain, in 1981 with me, her name is Dina Caradimitropolo, and she had this vision, hey, let's write a book about these 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 people. And we we kicked around the idea of a book and, you know, I, I don't I don't write for a living. Uh, Dina doesn't write and, and how are we going to do this? And then we pulled a, um, a, a professional writer in and we just thought it was so important to capture the stories that that we knew, but also learn more about people that that we didn't know so well. So, um, fast forward, uh, our 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 uh, author Susan Shackelford 
she interviewed over 80 people and that's what make up uh, this book. So, so we, we created the nonprofit with the intent of writing the book, but it's really about more than just writing a book. It's about giving back to the program. And, and uh, our goal is eventually to sort of leave a legacy and, and keep the book going. We don't want this to be a one and done. We want to continue uh, the book in, in future years so that the, the book uh, never dies. I want di- to, you know, it's fun thing about this podcast is that, you know, I, I've set, sent questions, but that that response right there has elicited more questions than, you know, we'll just, we're going to do that in that way. I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, Melody, Royd, would you weigh in on some of that as well from the kind of how it started for you and where you, you two, uh, your place in the book? Well, I think Miss did uh, a, a perfect job of uh, kind of giving the overview for the inception of the book. And I'll just add that I think it came to a head at our last basketball reunion in 2017, where Dina talked to Miss, and it was a, a amazing participation then. And like Miss, I've always tried to go to the reunions because it's a special time to reunite this group of people. So in 2017, Dina talks to Miss, and um, they say, we're going to do this. And in 2018, they invite me to join this effort. So, I mean, it's 2023. We've been really working pretty hard for five years, and it's taken a long time. Maybe if we were better at this type of thing, it would have only taken two years. <laughs> but as Miss said, you know very well that we were just trying to make it up as we go along. Um but, you know, Roy's always been a supporter, a fan of me and a supporter of women's basketball. So financially, at the beginning, we wanted to jump in there and contribute. But just the time and energy and working with Miss and Dana, um, it's been rewarding, sometimes frustrating, but rewarding. And uh, so happy that this book has been published. So, so Pete, I've had the privilege and the honor to, to be sitting back and watching this process happen from a, from a bird's eye view. And to be quite candid, you wouldn't imagine how professional these three ladies have been getting this together, meeting regularly. I'm talking regularly. And, and I don't, I think if you give them any mission, these are pioneers. These three ladies are pioneers, not only from the book, you, you read that in the book, uh, but they're pioneers in terms of a lot of other things in life. And they can, if they put their mind to anything, they can do it. And I do believe very strongly that Miss and Dina and, and Melody are, you know, if, it, if you give them a task, they would, they would solve that problem. And this, it's been a, it's been like that. They have been learning as they've gone along and growing a whole lot. But I think the next book would only take them uh, maybe four years instead of six years. <laughs> I know that's, that's twice. You talked about giving back to the program and keep the book going. So you mentioned the next book and that is a topic I definitely want to touch on. Let me, let's start here though, because I feel like a lot of the people listening to the book want to know more about, so Miss, you were in the second graduating class of women at West Point, Melody, the fifth, and Melody, why don't you start this time? Can you give us a sense of what, I mean, the book certainly speaks to it. Um, I, I, I didn't know sugar, I knew the word smacks for sure. 
that that's that's enduring. The other word which you uh, the you can talk about sugar smacked. I I think you should talk about that. I would love to hear more about that. But obviously that is not okay to talk about in today's day and age. But it's so interesting that West Point, you know, with some resistance, brought women to the military academy, and I'm sure that was a real real interesting time of life. And so, Melody, why don't you start? Miss, why don't you add to that? I'd like to, can you just share with us a little bit of like, okay, what was it like in the late 70s to be in early 80s to be a, a cadet at West Point? Wow. Uh, that is a question that um, I'll try to unpack a portion of it. Um, you know, I've heard Roy say before that as a freshman, please, his, um, his survival strategy was he just wanted to survive male to male. Just mill to mill, no long term plan. Pete, as you know, Miss knows that um, you know we don't have the um, the gift of the big picture. Day to day, especially as a freshman, is just it's about survival. It's not about thriving. You just want to um, survive. So um, for me, that's what it was um, all about. You're living kind of in a trench and you just want to be invisible. You just want to do your thing. You don't want anybody to notice because as soon as you notice, as you know, you got problems. So um, I, I think I, for me, it was uh, basketball was a huge uh, place of uh, peace for me. And it was um, when life was totally upside down uh, for me. And different from being um, an overachiever in high school, uh, the West Point, the, the basketball team, the people there, and the coaching staff, it was the little piece of just something um, known and stable that helped me survive my four years. You know, it's... <laughs> um... I, I appreciate what you're saying, this idea of survival. I remember it was October of my plebe year, and I'm thinking, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, and this was in the mid-90s. So, I mean, I, it, it, I'm just trying to apply a little context to what you're saying to be one of the first women class at the military academy. For a guy, you know, West Point's been around since the 1800s. Yeah, survival is like, hey, we're just going to do it, and there's a lot of pull together, but there's this added dimension of of challenge, <laughs> and thank goodness for Army women's basketball, uh, as you're saying, uh, to to fight your way through it. What about you, Miss? What when when I ask that question, what you know, what comes to mind? I'm sure a lot comes to mind, but uh, can you describe a little bit about uh, being in the second uh, women of West Point class? So in the early years. Everybody, all the, the male cadets, they weren't roids, unfortunately. I mean, I would have loved for everybody to be like roid, but uh, they just weren't. And, you know, it, it, it's tough enough It's tough enough when there's when everybody's there to support you and work, e either support or be ambivalent about the situation. When I, when I started and, and when class 80, 81, probably uh, the classes of, of uh, the 1980s, there was a g good chunk of men who really didn't want you there, and there was no doubt that they didn't want you there. They told you, told you that. Uh, so when you're a plebe, as you know, 
uh, you know, you get harassed by everybody, and you don't really understand the 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 fact that a lot of guys didn't want you there until you kind of moved on uh, after your plea year. And you know, there's in the book, there's lots of stories about uh, um, really important men who were were supportive of women's basketball, like Dr. Peterson, who's the the father of women's basketball, like. Uh, uh, General Martin Dempsey, who was the uh, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who uh, who was extremely important to our program, who wrote the forward for the for the book, uh, who came to a an Army Air Force game and, and called us down on the field, the early uh, women uh, down on the field, and and recognized us as as trailblazers. So all kinds of stories about that. There's also uh, stories on the other side of of guys like uh, a, a, a little known coach, young, young guy named Mike Shashevsky, who was there, mm-hmm. who was not so supportive of women. In fact, uh, you know, he 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 made us uh, jump hurdles to to get our team uh, into the into the arena because he he wanted to to make sure his basketball team had plenty of of time to uh, to to practice on the floor. So so at one game, it was a really big game, promoted uh, this really big game, thousands of tickets sold, first time ever in the big arena, and I can't remember what the arena was called, Crystal, I think. Fieldhouse. The Fieldhouse, yeah. So so Shashevsky uh, uh, keeps his his guys on the floor in the uh, in the arena until until tip-off time, so all these thousands of people, probably hundreds, of thousands sounds better, uh, had to had to uh, brave the cold and ice and snow out there, and and he finally let them in. But anyway, uh, he he later became a, a a a much better supporter of the women's team. In fact, he. He just spoke to the women's team, the women's basketball team. I think it was last week when he was up there at West Point. One of the things that I didn't appreciate uh, until reading the book, I had no idea actually, is the fact that the, um, the women's basketball team was the first women's team of any sort, of any kind, um, which, which I think is interesting because, of course, now and it's talked about in the book, Title IX, and, you know, there's a women's team for almost every, you know, uh, men's team, right? There's one and one. But I do think, for, you use the word trailblazers. Um, I do think that from a, and obviously this is a real driver of the book, I mean, from a, from a, um, from a women at West Point perspective, Army women's basketball really is is a linchpin. At, le- at least it feels this way to me. And of course, every woman didn't play basketball at West Point, and they don't today, obviously. But I think just having that sport and having that recognition, even though, and for some, for some point, as Melody said, it was probably a nice respite from being in the barracks and, you know, pinging around and dressing up with classmen. Uh, but it really, it's it, in my mind, and I don't know. Maybe Roy, you can speak to this. It's if you you said it's you know I don't know if I'd be here today uh, with Melody had it not been for Army Women's Basketball. So can you weigh in on that a little bit, and maybe also you know think about your time as a cadet 
you know, what was your, you know, your firsthand account here, your impression of women at West Point, Army women's basketball, Miss said, hey, you're not, I wish everyone was (laughs) like Roy. Um, Can you just weigh in a little bit on that? Well, Miss, that's very nice of you to say. (laughs) But uh, I would say that uh, in the beginning, uh, I, I think Melanie, it was perfect what she said, and then I was, I was in survival mode. And until my, you know, my first two years, and I know that a lot of people say they, they, you go to West Point from a woman's perspective to get their MRS degree. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Sure. I didn't, my intent was never to go to West Point to find the mate, the person, my soulmate, the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Uh, but, but Melody really helped me to change. I'm not saying change. I was never uh, uh, somebody that didn't support women there, but but I wasn't exactly the biggest advocate at that point either. I think I became more of an advocate as I saw the grit, determination, the, the fight, the fire that Melody had, okay, on the basketball court, and not only that on tennis court and on the racquetball court and on any other sport that she put her mind to, and and that was uh, appealing to me because I was somewhat of an athlete growing up too. And uh, never at a varsity level where they would have competed, you know, at West Point on a varsity team, uh, but certainly enough to to keep her occupied and, and at least for the last, last 38 years to keep her keep her happy somewhat. Um, but but I, I I would I think that uh, it's important that I, I did ha- we did have classmates that were not supporters of, of women at West Point. Um, they were unfortunate. It, it's unfortunate that they felt it that way. There's a place for everybody. Uh, in terms of the, the diversity of West Point, uh, very important that we have that diversity, and that we do have this play. Women, women are tremendous supporters, and they've they've done a lot of tremendous things in the army and in the military over the years. And we need to we need to support that. And they're over fifty percent of the population, so why should they not have that ability? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Um, what I, what I'd like to do, let's move on a little bit. So will, will you guys each share, um, something from the book that you didn't know? And obviously if the book chronicles decades and decades of, uh, army women's basketball, you, you had to have learned, uh, like I did and others will through reading the book. So you want to share uh, you know, a memorable highlight or person or experience that you learned about that maybe you didn't know about before the book was produced? I have one. You want me to start? Yeah, please. So my uh, classmate and co-captain, Al Lakov from Knoxville, Tennessee, um, uh, I've known her since summer of 1980. So I am reading her story and there is so much that I learned about growing up poor in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I read with sadness um, that there were times as um, um, that she would go to school hungry. And, you know, it kind of broke my heart. You know, having said that, um, we all, uh, th- this is, uh, unfortunately, it's a time period, I think, that people are talking more about some of the adversity. They're not trying to stuff it down deep in order to move past it. So um, that is something that I learned. I learned a lot about her, my own classmate that I've known since 1980, and I never knew her story. 
And I'm grateful that the book allowed me to know her and know her truth in a way that I never would have learned it before. Have you, um, not to put you on the spot here, have you talked to her since reading it? Have you shared that with her by chance? You know, we, we have had some conversations and, um, you know, it has allowed me to ask some follow-up questions. And fortunately for me, she is comfortable answering those questions and talking about it. And the fact of the matter is when somebody has um, uh, something harsh that or how they grew up or face adversity, you, you will not learn about that till they are ready to talk about it. She was ready to talk about it. And fortunately, our author, Susan, asked her about it. So those two things have to come together in order for a story to be told in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's great. Yes. And, and I, my, my intention in asking the question, my, my hope is that people that are listening to the podcast will, will go out and get the book. I do believe it's an important book with some really fascinating stories about people that, that fought through a lot of, from the early days, fought through, and you two obviously being pioneers in this, fought through some real adversity in different facets of whatever it might be. And there's a lot going on in here. We're not going to highlight all of it, obviously, today, but there's a lot of determination, grit, Roy, to use your words, um, and adversity to achieve great things. So it's good. How about you, Miss? How about uh, someone, someone or something that maybe you didn't know before reading the book? Yeah, there's there's just a lot of uh, great stories. It's hard to narrow that down, but I think one of the most interesting for me is uh, a woman named Dawn Halfacre. Uh, she w- she came from California. She she made the team. She was uh, really good. They called her uh, Fiery Red because she had this red hair. She was also a, a big rebel. You know how West Point is very strict. You know you've got to dress right dress all the time she she resisted all of that so she uh she did really well at at school she uh she i think she still holds the the steel record uh for at army women's basketball she uh joined the army she went into the army as a lieutenant uh during the iraq war uh, she led a platoon that was on a mission in Iraq, and uh, during one of the missions, uh, she they were ambushed. And she her she her she got her arm blown off. Uh, and the the book uh, in the interview that that Susan did, the book talks about what that meant to her uh, going into. Uh, Walter Reed and, and trying to recover from all of that and the resilience that she showed uh, through all that and, and what she demonstrated to other people. She wasn't bitter. She, you know, pulled herself up by the bootstraps, literally. She uh, formed her own company that was extremely successful, uh, and she didn't let something like that get her down, which a lot of people would have kind of uh, just just been bitter about it, but she didn't. So a lot of leadership lessons from that story and others in the book. Roy, do you um, you can you participate in that question? Sure, I'd love to. No, there there was a there's a story in the book about um, two two brothers from from New York City, and uh, the Devito brothers, I believe, 
and they were early supporters of the Army Women's Basketball Program. Two uh, Italian young men who uh, were in the wastes of a management business, I believe, in New York City. And here they were supporting this this script. They saw what they liked on the court. When they went to a basketball t- game, they saw that, like you keep talking, great determination. The things that you want in in your warriors in terms of, uh, of soldiers in the army was what was being displayed on the court uh, by these women. They They were... West Point football fans, and I think they turned over and became tremendous women's basketball fans, and even purchased the first uh, Army Navy trophy for the uh, for the academy because, sadly, our administration did not have an Army women's uh, Army Navy trophy for the winner of that uh, really very prestigious game every year. So I, I find that to be great that two men. Who didn't even know the program? Joseph and Francis DeBita. DeBita would come and 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 do that for for uh, for these women, and for me to counter overall. And it, and former even in my own experience, and that, nothing to nothing on that level. But I mean, I just remember being a cadet and meeting so many people who didn't go to school there, didn't have a kid there, but would show up to every game any game, every game, hockey games, basketball games, football games. And uh, I even have some pretty fond memories of knowing some folks and we would see them at tailgates and other things. Um, I, I just think that up there in that neck of the woods, there's a, such a strong community outside of graduates that uh, a lot of community support uh, in up there in New York. So I can, I'm from Orange County, New York. I grew okay. up in Warwick, New York, a small town, yeah. 30 minutes from West Point in you were 100% right. That is, that is the, we, we live in the upstate of South Carolina. That is the Clemson University of, of that area for sure. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, or the Alabama, I was, my parents lived in Alabama and we were at, at a restaurant and my dad's wearing an Alabama shirt, didn't go there, but some random guy walks up and says, roll tie. And I was like, well, that's. Miss, there would be the Indiana for you. That's right. I, I almost wore my Indiana shirt. And, okay. if I, yeah. Let's get into the topic of how you guys and really how the book describes, and this is another very big question, so it's it's probably going to be hard to, to nail this down to one example. It will be hard, but maybe an example that comes to mind of how Army women's basketball has affected ideally in a positive way, right? But then I guess it didn't have to be that way, but how has Army women's basketball positively affected West Point as a whole? And you go first, Miss, this time. Yeah, again, lots of stories there, but I'll share one story that I, I think is pretty interesting. So um, a woman named Cindy Jeb, I think her name was Cindy Glacier um, at school, so last year, Melody and I were both at a uh, a women's conference. I think they have these women's conferences every five years uh, at at school. Cindy was the is a former dean of students at at West Point. So we're sitting in the in the in the audience, um, and and Cindy's up there speaking to hundreds of of women, uh, former grads up there, and Cindy goes on to, to talk about how she came to West Point, why she came to West Point. So kind of out of the blue, she calls out 
uh, meme and myths and, and Dina, she 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 came to West Point to visit before going there, and she she came to visit uh, women's basketball players uh, in the room if, were women's basketball players, and she talked about the importance of of seeing uh, the the camaraderie of those women, and that's kind of what compelled her to to come to West Point. So there's there's again just all kinds of stories about why women's basketball led to other things, both for Cindy and so many other women. That was good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let me go for it. Let me let me hear your part. Um, that's a great example. That was powerful to hear that. And you know, it would be impossible to see the far-reaching effects of. West Point on our lives, West Point Army basketball um, is just touches everything. Uh, this just has so many uh, stories that um, um, that have been created. You know, I guess I thought of going back to the agents too. I thought of um, uh, General Becky Halstead, who um, um, endorsed the book and who's a, a friend of Miss and mine, and who was the uh, first. Uh, female general from any service academy to have graduated from West Point. I mean, she devoted her entire life to doing great things as an officer in the United States Army. She still has committed her life to to service. It's something very, very admirable. And so that um, is a high-ranking person, as is, you know, Cindy Jeb being the general. And then bringing that down, I think we all have found a way to to serve and continue to give back. Um, you know, Miss gives back. We've been in missions representatives for West Point for 15, 16, 17 years. It all looks different. It all looks differently. And we don't have to all be generals and have um, served a lifetime in the Army to, um, to make a difference and for West Point still to be um, um, alive and well in our lives. Yeah. Roy, how about you? How how have you identified, and maybe something from the book or or not? How have you identified Army women's basketball having a positive effect on Army in general? I think uh, it's it's clear that the, especially the early ladies, the pi- the pioneers. I like I wanted they asked well what they wanted to call the book, and I wanted pioneer to be in there somewhere. Okay. I, I did have a big set. Hoops of Heroes is perfectly fine. That's perfectly great. Um, but but I think that it's it's uh I think it's amazing this the stories of these women that have come out and the things that they have done in in the real world. Not just some have stayed in the army and have done wonderful, great things, become general officers. That's great. But there's also a lot of other women that have become uh, uh Julie Dojarnos comes to mind who who was a compliance officer at Penn State after Sandusky's situation that occurred several years ago. I mean, that's a tremendous responsibility for her to have to put up with that and to do and to try to get an institution like Penn State back on track. Uh, I think that's a great example. Alma Alma Cobb Hulse, our, our classmate and friend, has had a phenomenal career outside of West Point and has done a lot of great things with, with her uh, companies and in manufacturing and also in, in, in marketing uh, areas. So uh, Dina uh, is a phenomenal, uh, has done great, great things, going to Harvard, got an MBA, 
uh, is really truly a, a very bright, bright woman um, and somebody that uh, has, has done good things and for the world. So uh, I think I think it's just shown that these women are, have transcended, gone beyond West Point, and continue to pr- provide and give give back to the country that, that they all love. I think that's one of the things that I appreciated most about the book. The book, you know, did a very nice job of balancing back and forth um, the team competing through the years and the different players and the different coaches and and kind of, you know, up years and down years and all of the things that went on with the team at school in the moment. But I think it also does an excellent job of chronicling things beyond West Point and and how things played out for different people in different ways. I think that's one of the things that people hopefully will like and appreciate most about the book. It's not just about the team. There's a heavy dose of that, which is good, especially if you're a sports fan and like the ups and downs of athletics in that way. But but it, there's a real um, uh, there's a personality to the book, I guess, in that that uh, um, Susan Shackelford does a good job of like going beyond the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a thick book. I mean, it covers it covers all the ground, and so uh, what a project, you know? What a I mean, it'd be one thing if you just wrote on YouTube, and you know, maybe the first decade. You know what I mean? But but to be able to like walk through, you know, the changes. And, and if you if you if, when I was reading the book from a broader context of just where we've been from the mid 70s, post Vietnam War to all the way through. I mean, our, our nation, I mean, the, the the speed of change in which our nation has gone through and the fact that she was able Susan was able to weave in a lot of that. I just think that people that read the book are going to appreciate, hopefully appreciate both components of the book. So, or both components of that piece, I guess. Um, let's talk about for a moment as we land the plane here, what's next? And so, Miss, you talked, or wrote this down, giving back to the program, keeping things going. Uh, can you share a little bit with with us about, you know, where where you guys envision things going from here for the organization? Well, well number one, we want to sell some books, and we have yeah, sold books. Okay, <laughs> yes. So um, we're, we're well on our way there, and, and we really want uh, people to read the books, not just sell the books, but read the books. We'd love for youngsters to, to read and be inspired. <clears throat> I think that word is so important, be inspired by uh, <clears throat> the stories that they read in the book. I'm going to let Melody take it from here because I'm losing my voice. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we, um, so we're also learning now when it comes to reaching out to people and selling the book. We have the book in some public libraries. We have the book in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is very exciting. Um, some books just got shipped to the cadet store at West Point. Or we're really excited about that. Um, and we're, we have some other irons in the fire and we're hoping to get it out there and try to reach this audience, um, in a lot of different places. And that's been a learning curve in itself. We've talked about that. Um, but it, it is very, very exciting. We would love to be able to, um, reach some women, perhaps some girls who may be interested in going to West Point. We want from an educational standpoint. From a basketball fan perspective, there's just a lot of um, uh, we lo- would love to share the story. 
But you may want to talk about the profits. Um, yeah, they uh, we it's uh since it's, it's a non for profit non proper for profit um, project, all the proceeds go to the Army Women's Basketball Program. I think we've shared that, Pete. It's probably a good idea to put it here on the podcast. So. You know, unlike maybe some people who um, uh, write books and sell books, um, and no, hey, no offense to them at, at all, no offense intended. You know, all the proceeds go back to the the women's basketball program, and that is something we are really excited about. And I will definitely, obviously, link the book, uh, link the the organization in the notes. I'll I'll have a little bit of a write up here just to let people know what we've talked about. Uh, before listening to the podcast, but I will absolutely provide links in the in the in the notes just so people will know quickly where to go and how to get it. I do want I do want to talk a little bit about Kelsey for a moment, just because she's uh, obviously prominently displayed on the cover of the book, and uh, she's sitting, you know, in your in your background, Miss, and a big part of the latter part of the book. So, do you want to just introduce her? And I'm going to chase her down, I think. I'm going to try to see if I can get her on this podcast as well. Uh, but you want to you want to talk a little bit about uh, Kelsey for a moment? Well, I, I don't know Kelsey well, but she is so delightful. I've, I've had uh, a few interactions with her. She is an awesome player. Uh, she beat, uh, not Dale Curry, but the other guy. Yes, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, yeah. She, she beat Steph in a... In a three-point yeah. uh, contest that that Shashevsky, uh got going, so she, I mean she's a great great player, great shooter, uh, and, and great supporter now of the book. So it's it's been really uh, terrific to to work with her on the book. She deserves to be on the cover. Mel- Melody and I and, and Dina had some uh, a lot of discussion about who belongs on the cover, and and really. I, I think we all agree that it's it should be a, a you know a, a, the team is what's most important, uh, but but this was just a really nice picture of of uh, of her and her fatigues uh, twirling the basketball and she is 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 no doubt the greatest of all time at at West Point so she deserves to be there. Well, I'm gonna like I said, I'll chase her down. I'm I I think that would be interesting to have her tell her. You know, the the it, it's not quite a bookend because the story never ends, but there is a little bit of a bookendy kind of feel to, you know, bringing her on board, and and so maybe maybe she'll maybe she'll be willing. So we'll see. That'd be outstanding. Um, any any uh, final. Uh, Parting thoughts again. That my my hope, you guys, is that we can do this a, at least a couple of times or a few times. But any uh, any parting thoughts from the group? Any any Latin? You know, I you know, actually let me let me be more specific. Any anything that you can tell the audience? You know, primarily it's probably primarily uh, of uh, consist of people who are still in the army. Uh, but any thoughts or ideas? Any suggestions or advice that? Uh, that you'll leave us with today. We'll just go around the horn. I know I put you on the spot here. I didn't ask you this. I didn't give you this question beforehand. <laughs> uh, anything to share in that? You know, I have a party thought. I'm not sure if it relates to some of the junior military officers that are thinking about transitioning. Um, uh, I, I just, oh, my overview that um, I'd like to share is that our Mrs. and Royds and my mother and your mother 
didn't have the opportunity to do what we did in the 70s and the 80s. It was just not an option. Um, they never, could never dream that we, that Miss and I would be able to do what we did. We have a daughter who has been in the Army for 10 years. I never dreamed that she would have the opportunities that, that she has, has had in her life. I'm grateful for this evolution. And um, to me, you know, this story is about making sure that we remember the past. How it is right now is not how it's always been. So let's just uh, celebrate the past. Remember the past and celebrate the present and keep it going. Sounds great. Yeah. And I think that uh, we, we've mentioned, we've there's a thread that's all throughout this uh, podcast. Really, it's the, it's the pioneer spirit of, of these women. And the book itself is, uh, is a tribute to them. It's a tribute to what they stood for and what, has, what they have been able to do to pave the way for, for the future and for what's going on today. Because uh, it's there's no doubt that they put up with a lot of stuff that they probably should not have had to put up with from a cadet uh, looking at that over the over the time uh, being there in the middle of that in fifth class or women um, all the way to today. Uh, it's just it's just a tribute to them, and I think it's a great book for any sports fan or anybody that's very interested in 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 really the integration of women into any institution, especially the United States military academy at West Point. Well said. Miss, final thoughts? Yeah, well, I'll just steal from Cameron Brooks. So, uh, what, last year when you and I were connecting, I looked at your website and I saw the whole image around uh, opening doors. And I just, I really connected with that, uh, that theme of opening doors. And I think about, about, uh, uh, basketball opening doors for us at West Point, you know, kind of paving the way to to better acceptance of women at West Point. I think about Cameron Brooks, for me, opening doors in 1986 as I transitioned from the military to a to business career. And now I'm thinking about opening door again with uh, Cameron Brooks to 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 be supportive and, and trust in a project that we had going, which you know, when we when we started, I didn't have a manuscript to share from you uh, or with you. It was about trusting our vision about the book. So I think that whole opening doors that's just meant a lot. And uh, I I just want to thank you for for opening that door for us. I really appreciate you saying that. It was a, it was an easy door, by the way. When the first first time I read the email in February 2022, I was like, Yeah, we're going to do this. Uh, so. Uh, just everyone, do yourselves a favor. This is a this is a wonderful read, chocked full of stories about interesting people who have done great things with grit and determination. Definitely part of our theme. I will link the book in the show notes. And so, Miss Melody Roy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all of your energy around the book. It's super exciting, and we'll do it again, hopefully sooner rather than later. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed talking to Miss and Melody and Royd. Real pioneers, you all. Real pioneers. And I enjoyed reading the book as well. I hope you'll pick up a copy and check it out yourself. There's some interesting and fun stories, uh, a lot of overcoming of hardship, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of teamwork, so many of the things that 
make not only Army women's basketball, but really military officers, officers in general so valuable to corporate America. So we obviously support this initiative, and we're glad to be associated with Hoops and Heroes, the book and the organization. And so I hope you'll check that out. And uh, and again, I hope that uh, you enjoyed the podcast as much as I uh, enjoyed recording it. Uh, our next episode, Joel Junker is going to have a conversation with Eric Philman. And really the thrust of that conversation, we wanted to bring you an episode with a little bit more focus from a hiring manager. I know we've done that in the past with a couple of other folks. And so I always think that it's a good idea, especially regardless if you're a military officer thinking about getting out of the military or if you're in a position where you can do some hiring yourself, really listening and understanding the value of Cameron Brooks from the perspective of a hiring manager can be very beneficial to you. Again, whether you're in the military thinking about getting out of the military or if you're already in corporate America and looking to hire military officers. Stay tuned for that one. Of course, that one will come out two weeks from today. Uh, if you are new to the podcast and you want to know and more about Cameron Brooks, who we are, what we do, of course, you can find a load of information on our website, camera-brooks.com. You can also check it out, check us out on our YouTube channel. Lots of information is there as well. So um, I appreciate you guys hanging in for this one. Hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Make it a great day.